I want to take you to uh, Mark 435. Uh, I've entitled my message today, The Healing Revival. I want to welcome all of you online. I know there's a bunch of people watching online today. Our attendance this morning is 237. Uh, we've, we've been... We've been counting people at the door, uh, cautiously, faithfully, and uh, uh, so I, I don't, we're, we're, you know, we're discussing amongst eldership and staff if we should have two services. Um, so, you know, just keep watching website, Facebook, all of our social media stuff, uh, because we don't, if this continues to go on for a season, we don't want people to miss out on church. Uh, but we do want to uh, we we want to honor our governmental um, authorities. Uh, so, if we add another service, we'll let you know about that. Amen. But it could be that people are uh, th- their hunger is going to grow. Amen. And so we want to be able to feed them and care for them. Um, so that's, that's a little bit of what's happening, but I want to say thank you to all of you that are watching online uh, for whatever reason. God bless you. We're going to pray uh, and spend some time in prayer at the end of the message, uh, hopefully. There will be an end to the message. Uh, and uh, I want to include all of you that are online. Mark 4.35, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. By the way, I want to mention to you uh, and encourage you not to judge me this morning uh, for that which I will say. Um, uh, I'm here today as a representative of heaven, not a representative of the CDC or the World Health Organization uh, or the state of Washington and the current circumstances and topic is broad and vast, and we can't be exhaustive in 25 minutes. Nor can we touch on every topic, but uh, I do have something I believe that's relevant for us, uh, and so uh, please don't think that I don't think about other things than what I'm about to talk about. Everybody said... That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. And a furious squall came up. What translation is this? I think I pulled this out of the NIV. A furious squall. I have never paid attention to the NIV giving us a furious squall. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was (laughs) still laughing about a furious squall. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. Then the disciples woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. I want to encourage you that, that 
As he was, so also are we in this world. And that this place of rebuke, they're on their way to a destination. And you might say that the whole world is on its way to a destination. Certainly the righteous have things to do. Things other than being sick. And maybe part of the fear attached to sickness is a loss of life or a loss of money or a loss of significant things that pertain to our own personal destiny, destination, desires, callings, ministries, family life. So not only are we right now dealing with the sickness and the threat of a growing sickness in our midst, but we're also dealing with the fear attached to it. I would say the fear is not only practically based, but the fear is also spiritually based. The fear can be spiritual of nature. And I would say that the sickness itself is not necessarily the sign of an indwelling demon or a demonic presence. Sickness is of the curse, and though it has a satanic root, though it has a root in darkness, a root in the demonic realm, it is not necessarily to be hit with, to be afflicted with, to be uh, harmed with, to be uh, 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 um, with, a, with a virus, uh, doesn't mean that you are fighting a demon. But demons can attach themselves to sickness. So fear and dread and anxiety and worry, fear of death, fear of loss, all sorts of demons can attach themselves to something like this. And so what we see in the example of Jesus is that as he did to those things that were hindering his destination, harming his trajectory as the righteous, he rebuked. And we too now are called upon, and we too have a place, and we too have an authority, we too have an empowerment, we too have a responsibility for those of us who are in Christ to rebuke the enemy. Now, most of us didn't grow up understanding what it is to rebuke sickness or disease or rebuke the enemy. Uh, most of us didn't grow up with that. In fact, is, uh, some of the most embarrassing years of us pastoring the church uh, were years of me learning uh, what it was to rebuke the enemy. Because most of you don't know, many of you don't know, for 20 years I was afflicted with uh, allergies and viruses that were debilitating. And most of you have come to the church since then. That all ended when I was about 44 years old. So uh, about 16 years ago. But from the age of 24 to 44, um, here I am, you know, called to the ministry, um, called to faith, called to healing, believing for all of this. And uh, I was one of the biggest messes on the platform. I was the biggest mess on the platform. And I would say, you know, to us, to our family, it was a little embarrassing at times. 
So I would have uh, mountains of tissue paper handy. And, uh, and I could be uh, blowing my nose during uh, any particular sermon. Even a sermon on healing. Yeah, some of you remember. Joan Sandy remember. Rosina and Patty remember. Of course, my wife will never forget. Glory to God. What a mess I was. And so, you know, what, what, there were a couple things going on. One is that uh, I was overusing my voice and the overuse of my voice with worship and preaching and teaching and shouting and yelling and screaming and ministering deliverance to people and all of this that was going on, hours, hundreds of hours of counseling and deliverance ministry and all of this overuse of my voice was wearing down my voice and then... Uh, I was, uh, that was giving place to the sinus infections and then, you know, just reoccurring, just chronic sinus infection like you can't believe. Uh, but then to, uh, to go along with that, I had an allergy that we couldn't figure out what it was. And I think allergy analysis was still growing, so I went to ear, nose, and throat doctors. I went to, you know, test after test for allergies and and uh, during that time, the only thing that they could figure out uh, that I was allergic to was dust mites. So, and dust mites live mainly, uh, or these, these mites that, that I was allergic to, so live mainly in your bed. You ever seen a picture of one? They are nasty looking creatures. And uh, so that was a real mystery because I, I, you know, I would tell the doctor that that's the only time that I can actually breathe. The only time when I, when I don't actually have trouble is when I'm snuggled up with these dust mites. <laughs> when I get in bed, I would lay down and get kind of, you know, uh, be removed from my environment. My nose would clear up. My sinuses would clear up. Uh, I'd be as, you know, as fine as frog's hair split in two. And... Uh, and I could snuggle into those dust mites, but when I got up, whatever I did when I got up, so finally, you know, making a, a long story short, uh, finally we figured out uh, that it was a milk allergy. That when I got up in the morning, if I had pancakes, there was milk in that pancake batter. Uh, if I had anything to do with milk, if I had a little bit of milk, a little bit of cream in my coffee, if I had anything... Uh, so, you know, we discovered that every time I ate cheese, every time I had ice cream, and boy, did I love that. Uh, you know, every time I had anything with any milk derivative into it, then it would release this histamine reaction in my body, my sinuses would go nuts, and then that would feed into more of the viruses and the sinus infections, and, and you know, we just went from one sinus infection to another, one virus to another. But about 15 years ago, roughly 16 years ago, uh, I decided it was time for me to go through deliverance. And I decided that what I was fighting was demonic in nature. In some way, it was related to the demonic realm. So I went to Yuba City, California, to an Isaiah 61 clinic, spent a week there, and at the end of the week, uh, the pastor over the clinic uh, took me into a personal prayer session for about an hour and a half and did deliverance ministry over me. And the next morning at my motel room, I had on purpose milk with my cereal. And I had no histamine reaction. 
Absolutely. That, uh, that influence, whatever it was, if it was demonic, if it was a weakness in my nature, if it was something built up in my physiology, uh, we may not know fully what it was, but whatever it was, it had a growing presence in me. Uh, and it was taking over more of my life and more allergies started. I started developing more allergies, a wheat allergy and this allergy and that allergy. And it was all sabotaged and overthrown through the prayer of rebuke in Yuba City, California. And from that day to this day, I've been walking in freedom from that thing. It was something interrupting my trajectory as a righteous son and daughter of God. And I'm, I'm encouraging you even now that the prayer of rebuke is your powerful weapon to drive sickness and disease out of your body, but also it is the powerful weapon for us as the body of Christ to rise up. And I was preparing this, as I was preparing this, uh, the, the scripture came to me, and I'm like, Lord, you know, we don't use that scripture in, this con in that context. Are you sure about that? And, and here's the scripture that came to me, and I thought, man, that is so cool. Lord, you are so cool, because, you know, we've been talking about royalty, and we've been talking about uh, Romans chapter 8, the whole earth is groaning for the sons of God to be revealed, for the sons of God to take their place. And what does the son of God do? Uh, and we've been talking about how that we are called to reign in life. Romans 5.17, that, that we are called to reign in life, that we have been given the grace to reign in life. That means that we have been given this amazing, abundant grace that we would be in charge of darkness that we would be in charge of sickness and disease, that we would be in charge of that which wants to harm humanity and harm our world and harm the trajectory of the righteous, that we would be in charge. We are given this abundance of grace. Do you have it back there? Pull it up, if you would, real quick, Zach. Romans 5, 17, we'll just look at it. This is not the verse that I asked the Lord about. But this is what we've been focusing on over the last little bit. That we are royalty. That God has made us kings and priests unto our God. And I'm telling you, as you minister healing to people, and you're going to do it this week, you're going to be praying for people with snotty noses who are afraid that they have corona. I'm telling you, you're going to be praying for people and ministering to people this week with courage and with boldness. And you are going to see people set free, ministered to, and encouraged. And it's not going to be just the sickness, but it's going to be the fear you're going to be breaking off of them. And you're going to have the spirit, the power, the grace, of rebuke in your voice and on your tongue to set them free, and they're going to be encouraged because, because you have received the abundance of grace, and you were called and meant to reign, to be in charge, to be in charge, to be in charge, to be in charge. Here's the verse that came to me, if I can find it in my notes. It's, it's, uh, it's Proverbs 29. Where's my, where's my notes? Then we'll get back to these other notes. Proverbs 29, 2. When the righteous are in authority, one translation says, when the righteous rule. 
Now, now we, all, we, we usually think of this as governmental authority. But the Lord's asking you right now to shift your thinking a little bit. Because you are in authority. And this is like, I mean, I got, I got me a regular light bulb download when the Holy Spirit just kind of spoke this over me pertaining to this current situation. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. You know what? You are the breakthrough over this virus. You are the breakthrough over the future of our nation and the nations. The believers, the Christians, the righteous are the breakthrough. You are the breaker and the breakthrough. And what you declare, what the church prays, what you are used of God to declare over the next few days, weeks, and months is going to empower the scientific community. It's going to empower those who lead in government. It's going to empower and reach and pervade and strengthen every part of culture and society because you are exercising your place as the righteous. And when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. The future is going to be a future of rejoicing because the righteous are in charge. The righteous are in charge. I want you to go over to Luke chapter 4. This is where, uh, and we've talked about this the last few Sundays, but Luke chapter 4, this is one of the first miracles, one of the first breakthroughs, one of the first powerful things that Jesus does. And it's right after he's handed the scroll of Isaiah and he opens it up to chapter 61 And then he says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your midst. And then it goes on to record healings and ministry in Luke chapter 4. And then we get to verse 38. That's where I want to pick this up. All of this is happening at the synagogue, but then they leave the synagogue. In chapter 4, verse 38, Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And she got up at once and began to wait on them. You will be surprised. You will be surprised if you haven't exercised the power of a rebuke. You will be surprised how powerful a rebuke through your words, through your mouth is. And with me, I wage war against sickness and disease and against whatever's behind it. You know, you don't even have to know what's behind it. You don't have to know if there's demons behind it. You don't have to know if uh, the, the name of some demon. It says that he bent over her and rebuked the fever. The inference here is that If there was a demon, we don't even need to know it, and there probably wasn't a demon present. She had a fever. He rebuked the fever, 
She was healed, set free, and got up and waited on them. At the words of Jesus, whatever was causing that fever was broken. Whatever was causing that fever was broken, and she was set free, healed, and able to get up and minister to them. That means even as we're ministering to one another, even in our own families, in our own households, no matter what is afflicting us, you don't need to know a lot about it to be used of God in a powerful way to bring freedom to people. You don't need to worry about, well, is it because they sinned? Well, is it because it's a demon? Well, I wonder if it's Beelzebub. Well, I wonder if it's this. I wonder if it's that. I wonder if it's the other thing. Just stand in your authority. The whole earth, the whole earth, the whole atmosphere, every cell, every molecule is waiting, groaning for the sons of God to take their place. What is their place? To reign in life. What is their place? To be in authority. All of earth will rejoice when the righteous take their place and they're in authority. We are not under the circumstances. You are over the circumstances. Rise up, daughter of God, son of God. Take your place in authority. That's who you are. You're a victorious one. Now, I want to talk on rebuke quickly in the next few moments and just give you some clarity on it. In the Greek and out of the Greek, and, and the, the, the word here is written in the Greek, but Jesus was actually speaking in Aramaic when he declared this rebuke, the rebuke over the storm, the rebuke over Peter's mother-in-law. When he declared the rebuke, he was speaking in Aramaic. The New Testament originally was written in Greek. We can learn something uh, from both of these, though, uh, understanding what the word means. So out of the Greek, the word means sternly telling. It means sternly told. It means warned. So when you rebuke something, it's not like cussing it out. It's not like telling it off. Uh, you have the authority in Christ now. You have been given this authority that you, could, that you can actually command, that you can actually tell, that you can actually order, that you can actually decree, that you can actually exercise charge over something, and you are sternly, you are firmly doing it. Matthew 8, 26, he rebukes the winds, and the word rebuke is the translation out of the word. In Matthew 12, the word, Matthew 12, verse 16, he warned them, and the King James translates it, he charged, he warned, he charged. Matthew 20 and verse 31, in the rebuke there, it's sternly told. I, I want you to catch some of the inference of this. I, I want you to listen to the Aramaic and, and think about what the Aramaic means. This is the Aramaic. We've grown up with the, the words, for instance, out of Mark 4, 39, peace be still, when he rebukes the wind and the waves. Peace be still. He's speaking to the weather. He's speaking to something that is not in our frame of reference alive. It's not something that should listen. It, we don't think of wind and weather as having ears. We don't think of viruses as being able to perceive or discern or hear or listen. And yet, 
This is what we see the Lord doing, and he's modeling it for us that we would see that we have dominion over the earth. We have a restoration of dominion and that he's put all things under our feet. The word here, the word here in the Aramaic, peace, when he says peace be still, it's siopa, which means hush, which means be quiet, which means be silent. Latin poets have used the word metaphorically to refer to a calm sea. The word for still is pephilimoso. Doing my best with Aramaic this morning. From the root word that we get, thelemos, which means to put on a muzzle and to be silent. It also means to be silent. Both words mean to be quiet. So we say Jesus actually issues a double rebuke to the wind and to the waves. He issues a double rebuke. He spoke this in Aramaic. And the following word is Z-E-G-L-R, Zeglar, which means basically calm down. So Jesus declares, cease, in the Aramaic, cease, calm down. Are you getting this? The word for rebuke in Aramaic is kia, K-E-A, which means to take charge to overrule. Something else seems to be manifesting itself, but you, you have now the abundance of grace to take charge and to overrule that which seems to be wanting to rule. Coronavirus 19 wants to rule, but you can, must, should take charge and overrule. Take charge and overrule. Take charge and overrule. Oh, Holy Spirit, we thank you for this mandate. We thank you for this grace. We thank you for this grace. Jesus didn't in the rebuke. It says he rebuked the storm. Then he issues a double command to the storm. He's not cussing out the storm. He's not calling it a bad storm. He takes charge. He overrules The storm, the storm that's threatening the lives of disciples, the storm that is harming their trajectory on their destination. And then he says, you of little faith. What's he saying? Guys, don't you know who's in charge here? Can I get a nap around this place? Could I get a little rest? Let's stand this morning. John 14, 12, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you decree, whatever you command, whatever you desire, whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Listen to Isaiah 54, 14. I want the band to come and help me close this morning. I want the prayer team to come, and they'll come and minister this morning. Prophetic team, prayer team, whoever's in the building, if you'd come, make yourselves ready. If there's enough, maybe we can gather up two by twos. I don't know. That's okay, too. 
We'll be discreet when we pray. We don't have to get right up in your face. We don't have to be all touchy. But we don't want to back away from ministry. We don't want to back away from ministry. We don't want to let a circumstance like this cause our faith to be diminished or decreased. Isaiah 54, 14. In righteousness you will be established. You will be far from oppression, for you will not fear. And from terror, for it will not come near you. For if anyone fiercely assails you, it will not be from me. Whoever assails you will fail or fall because of you. For I've created the smith who blows the fire of coals and brings out a weapon for its work. And I have created the destroyer to ruin, but no weapon that is formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that accuses you in judgment, you will condemn. Every tongue that accuses you, you're next. You're going to get this. This is going to overcome you. This is going to harm your family. This is going to mess you up. Every tongue that rises up against you, you don't have to yield to that. Every word that rises up against you, you don't have to yield to that. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me. I want you to lift up your hands all across the auditorium for a moment and just pray for the online community. Father, we just shout grace over the online community right now. Those watching through their televisions, their iPads, their, their, their uh, phones. We shout grace over them. We command healing to those afflicted right now with any germ, any virus, any flu, any bacterial illness. We command leave the people of God alone. Even those watching right now, interested, maybe on the fringe, maybe they don't even know the Lord fully, oh, we command the grace of God comes over them right now, and they receive healing. We rebuke viruses. Viruses are bound up. Viruses are bound up, put to death in the bodies of those watching this broadcast right now. Viruses, the Lord puts you to death. The Lord is against you. The Lord binds you up. The Lord puts you to death. You afflicting, harming those watching this broadcast. Those, those right now across this nation, even as they look to Jesus, they find healing. We loose the word of rebuke. We loose the word of authority, the word of grace, the, the word of reigning over the body of Christ. We declare that those even afflicted now with fear, fear of the unknown, fear of what they've heard, fear of the rumors, fear of the future, fear or worry or anxiety or dread, we rebuke it off of the people of God. We rebuke it off of the people of God. We rebuke it off of the church and off of the people of God. Release the people of God. Release the people of God. Release those in this room and those watching in Jesus' name, release them, release them, release them, release them, release them. 
Jesus said the way that the rebuke works is that you use the rebuke like a bulwark, like a weapon, like a, like a tool to drive the sickness, the disease, the enemy, the affliction out. You use it with power to drive it out. So we do that right now. I want you to just rebuke fear off of your own life, your own family. Just raise up, raise up the strength of a rebuke right now and just command fear to leave your family alone. Leave your family alone. We not only quench this disease and put it under our feet, we put it under the feet of this nation and under the nations. We declare the cure is found and we declare the cure is Jesus. We declare the knowledge of the Lord and the glory of his knowledge floods the earth. We declare God uses this to promote, to spread, and to infect humanity with revival. And we declare right now fear is cast off of the righteous and the righteous rise up to be the bulwark of courage, the bulwark of light, the bulwark of healing across the nation and across the nations. Fear, leave us alone. Leave us alone. Leave us alone. Doubt, fear, worry, concern, and unbelief. That we somehow will be overtaken with this disease. You have to go. You have to go. You have to go. We will prevail. We do prevail. And even any of us, should this sickness rise up against us. It is cursed. It is put under our feet. It is cursed and put under our feet. We condemn it. We condemn it. We acknowledge and know, even according to Isaiah 54, that it's not of you, God, that it comes upon us. But our tongue does condemn it. And it shall be driven out. And we shall be free. We shall be free. Oh, we thank you that we have the power of Jesus at work in our lives. Heads bowed now, eyes closed just for a moment. If you're here this morning and you just need encouragement from the Holy Spirit, I want you to make your way to the front. Let one of these prayer warriors pray for you. If you're here this morning and you've even got a snivel, you've got a snotty nose, you've got any kind of a thing bugging you and you're wondering, is this corona coming upon me? I invite you to come and be prayed for. I invite you to come and let the prayer of rebuke be ministered over you. If you've had fear just kind of pestering you and you want it uh, completely gone, I invite you to come. We're going to worship as we go. And as we do so, we're going to continue to trust the Lord. Today... As Pastor Joel mentioned, our president has called this to be a national day of prayer. We're not going to have a prayer gathering at the church this evening, but we do encourage you to gather in your homes, gather as families, gather as small groups, gather together. And this evening, we encourage you to pray. This evening, to actually carve out an intentional time. 6 p.m., gather together, pray together, strengthen one another pray for the nation. What the enemy means to bring harm, God will use to bring a great revival. This is part of the revival. This is part of the awakening. This is part of what God will use to turn hearts back to himself. Amen.
God bless you, church. Let's worship as we go.